Welcome to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education is important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. And we welcome you in to the Green Insider powered by eRenewable. My name is Greg Frank. We're going to get to myself and eRenewable CEO Mike Niemer with today's guest in just a minute. But as we always like to get things started, we bring in Mike's better half and Niemer, eRenewable COO, as a few words for us. So let's check in with Ann right now. Ann Niemer here, COO of eRenewable. If you are a wind, solar, or battery storage developer and you're looking to find an off-taker our online live auction is a perfect platform to help you find that buyer. Conversely, if you're a CNI customer and you're looking to establish a PPA or VPPA, our auction platform could work for you. To learn more about how we can assist you with your power purchase agreement, visit us at eRenewable.com. And now, back to the Green Insider. And we welcome you into episode 178 of the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable, alongside Mike Niemer. My name is Greg Frank. And uh, Mike, it's good to be with you again. And got to be honest, I uh, thought upon jumping in today, I, you know, we're recording in the end of April and, you know, we're getting close to obviously May. And I think that's around the time last year when I jumped on board here. So it's been about a year with you. Yeah, it has been a year and or close to a year and uh, time has gone fast and uh, we continue to get great guests like the one we have today, keep coming onto the show and uh, it's because of the guests and because of the listeners that our show keeps getting ranked higher and higher and our downloads keep getting larger and larger. And so we appreciate the guests and the listeners. And Greg, I appreciate you working with us for the past uh, 11, 12 months. Absolutely. So just wanted to mention that. And you mentioned the guest. Let's get right to him. His name is Gareth Evans. He is the founder and CEO of Vecta joining us on this episode 178. Gareth, good to have you aboard. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Thanks, fellas, for having me on board. Excited to get into this. Absolutely. So before we jump into the renewable, sustainable energy, uh, I got to ask, obviously, I saw the name. I figured out oh, maybe he's from the UK and uh, you know, I could certainly hear the accent. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your background. My sister, for what it's worth, uh, while she's an American, married a uh, British man and lives in London. She must have great taste. Um, yes, as you can tell from my accent, not from San Diego, where I'm based now, originally from Liverpool, England. Um, but I'm a global nomad, having lived and worked all over the world, um, Canada, Middle East, Australia, now the US. So my accent is definitely not a hardcore Scouse accent, as it would be referred to back home. And lastly, just uh, is the weather as good in San Diego as everybody makes it out to be? I'm not as familiar with the West Coast. <laughs> It it normally is, and it's back to normal now. We've certainly had a very wet and probably colder than normal winter. So I think everyone was starting to second guess why they were paying the Californian taxes here. But uh, <laughs> but the sun's now out again, and we're we're back in back in good San Diego weather mode. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the nitty gritty. Obviously, Vecta is the company. You're the CEO and founder. You mentioned working all over the world, so. How did you find yourself in the sustainability and renewable energy space? And what do you guys do at Vecta? Yep. Uh, <clears throat> studied environmental science, actually. So already always had a passion for the environment and making sure that we uh, use it responsibly. So my career started out 
cleaning up old oil and gas well sites throughout the Rocky Mountains in Canada. And then that took me off to Iraq, where I spent several years following the second Gulf War, doing liability assessments uh, prior to the major oil and gas companies moving into the region. And um, my last role was leading the largest energy engineering firm's global power consulting business. And we really started seeing the trends of um, business leaders around the world getting really concerned about increasing energy costs, um, power outages, and setting sustainability targets, which they really didn't understand how to meet or achieve. So we launched Vector in November 2019. Really amazing timing. You know, we were kind of just getting going and then COVID hit. So we've had a wild ride kind of building the business through the, the last few years. But we specialize in supporting business leaders around the world to be able to baseline their energy situation today, how much energy they're using, where they're using it, how much does it cost, what's their emission profile, and then how can they use on-site energy systems or behind-the-meter systems, whatever you want to refer to them as, microgrids, how can they use them to um, achieve their business objectives and take control of that, the whole process versus being sold to by a supplier in the market? You mentioned working all over the world and uh, you talk about your background there. I just wonder a little bit about what you noticed about kind of where the United States was in the energy transition and, you know, how much progress has been made domestically the last five years or so. Uh, and, you know, where do we stand now in terms of our standing against, you know, the other countries with the progress that's been made? Yeah, it's a really good question. I'd say in terms of what we specialize in and kind of behind the meter distributed energy systems, it's really just starting to pick up momentum now. You know, when you compare against the likes of Australia, they've got huge behind the meter penetration, especially in the residential space. Um, you know, we focused on the US market because it's got one of the oldest grids in the world. It's served as well for the last kind of 100 years, but it's definitely becoming older, harder to maintain, less reliable. And so, um, there's a huge amount of spend here. Obviously, the Inflation Reduction Act is going to stimulate a huge amount of expenditure in this sector. I'd say um, we are becoming more progressive here um, and we're making more progress, but we're probably slightly behind the t trends of some countries around the world. Uh, but we're certainly not as bad as the likes of South Africa right now, which is experiencing rolling 12-hour blackouts and um, they're under a huge amount of pressure and strain. So yeah, I'd say we're, we're making good progress. It's building momentum. There's still some barriers to entry, and particularly with respect to the regulatory support for the likes of interconnection agreements and things like that. It's a, and there's still a lot of um, pushback from utilities to support some of the more um, progressive business models that are required for us to have a more flexible, dispatchable, reliable grid. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, the pushback from the utilities and the yep. problems getting the interconnection hooked yep. up. Those two topics alone are a completely different podcast. There's yes. so much to talk about there. So maybe we, we get you back to go on to those. But for this podcast, I'm really fascinated when I look at your website and read about you, about the role you're trying to play inside the energy transition. And you've got something called the Energy Transition Marketplace. Why don't you tell the listeners about that? Yeah, Mike, I think we've probably got a lot of synergies in the way we think about the market, looking at your business and what we see in uh, on-site energy development is NREL did a study and between 30 and 70% of project costs today are soft costs, consulting, engineering, sales, marketing, procurement, contracts, 
And as you know, there's a huge amount of inefficiency in the market. Today, um, I'd say the technologies and the capabilities exist in the market to deploy incredible systems that could not only increase resilience, reduce emissions, but also massively reduce costs. So for businesses, sustainability does not have to come at the cost of profitability anymore. They go completely hand in hand. But the, the challenge in the market today is business leaders who are now facing these situations, they've never thought about energy ever before. So they don't know what's possible, who to turn to, where to begin. And today they're actively being sold to by these amazing suppliers in the market, but they don't know who to trust or what to believe. And that leads to indecision, which leads to no action. And so our platform is designed to place the business leaders in control of the process, really understand their business, what solutions will really help them achieve their objectives, and then go to market in a really efficient, streamlined and cost-effective way to get competitive and transparent bids from suppliers who would match their, their project profile. So what we really help them do is create a business case and configure the optimal on-site energy solution for their needs so we can consider all technologies, solar, storage, gas, diesel, fuel cells, electric vehicles, and we'll optimize the right solution for them and uh, show them what's possible. How have your relationships with suppliers been developed and you know, how do you feel you guys are at from a uh, just professional networking standpoint with a lot of the people you're working closely with? Yeah, Greg, I think um, in this market, the hard side of the market is demand side origination. So supporting the energy consumers to develop good projects. And so we've got over 4,000 suppliers in our network right now. And the suppliers really like it because today their cost of customer acquisition is huge. And so if we can already pre-vet a project, support the customer to create the configuration and bring it to market with a very um, consistent set of specifications, asks, contractual requirements, commercial model uh, requests, the suppliers like it because their cost of acquisition is then far lower and they get to cherry pick the projects that align with their particular interests. So it's, it's, going, it's going really well. We work with capital providers, EPCs, as well as equipment providers. And it ranges from some of the biggest businesses in the world, like the Siemens, down to kind of the local solar developer. Um, yeah. Well, you know, um, in the energy, energy transition, there's a, numerous roles that a variety of companies can play. And it seems like you've kind of taken uh, developing the energy master plan and automated that process by just putting in the information that your client ultimately puts in themselves. Am I understanding that correctly? And if yes. I'm please educate us as to where I missed my point. No, you're absolutely spot on, Mike. Essentially, we see ourselves as the enabling technology. We don't want to, you know, the supply side of the market's got it all figured out. How do we support them to get access to more projects? Uh, the business leaders who consume energy have a pain point. How do we help them to um, understand what's possible and achieve that in a really streamlined way? And I think one of the best analogies is, I'd say vectors almost like your Google Maps. Where are you today? Where's your destination? What are the optimal routes to get there? Are there any traffic jams along the way that you have to figure out a way around? And depending on which route you take, there will be different benefits. In a Google Maps analogy, it's speed to destination, it's emission profile to get there, it's scenic, scenic drive. And in the energy transition perspective, it's, you know, you think about it in terms of what do you want to drive mass carbon reduction 
um, but at a increased cost? Do you want to reduce your energy costs? And if so, how much can you reduce your emission profile in the process? Is resilience a concern? Do you want to ride through a few hours outage, days, weeks? These all have implications on the type of system that's configured. And then how do you track that progress against your ultimate objectives? And then, you know, an onsite energy is never going to offset all your emissions. So then how do you think about the VPPAs, RECs, things like that to then achieve your, your ultimate goal? So when a customer comes to you, do you do they need to know prior to coming into your marketplace to start putting data? Do they need to know exactly where they stand with regards to scope one, two, and three emissions? Or does your system help them figure that out? Yeah, our system helps them figure that out. Um, what, what we really need from a customer straight off the bat, we want to make it as simple as possible. Uh, data acquisition for customers is always a slow and painful process. So all we start with is where are your facilities located? What is the industry type? And how much access to real estate do you have to deploy the likes of solar or a wind turbine or a gas turbine? So we need square footage. With that information, we can then support them to understand their grid emission profile, um, the potential options for on-site energy systems, um, how much could they save, where are they going to get the greatest return on investment? And then what that helps them do is prioritize across their portfolio where they'll get have the greatest impact. So then we prioritize those highest quality projects to then advance further. So what we pride ourselves in is let's kill bad projects early and often. Let's not go chasing a project that never would never pencils. Let's only focus on those that have a really strong business case. And that's influenced ultimately by things like your energy load profile, your current utility tariffs, things like that. So we only start collecting that data once we've helped them prioritize the sites where it's worth going into that level of effort. And so once you've done all that with a client, yep. uh, you talked about different vendors that you have on the platform and the yep. relationships with developers, so on and so forth. If the if a customer on your in your marketplace wants to go forward with the project, do yep. you turn your report into an RFP and send it out to the people that are the vendors on the other side of that? Or do you play any role in that whatsoever? Yeah, that's right. So the way the platform is set up, now they've got a really good business case. They've socialized it with their team. Everyone's on board, you know, super quick payback. This is going to be one to three three-year payback, we're going to save half a million dollars in energy costs a year. We're going to reduce our emissions by 25%. This is all awesome. Let's proceed. We've developed a, an RFP generator framework. So it steps them through all the critical questions that they need to be asking of the suppliers in the market. So we help them think through what are the contractual requirements? What are the commercial model that you want to proceed forward with? Is it a energy as a service contract? If it, is it debt financing? Do you want to self-finance it? Um, what are the specs of the system that you want to go to market for? Who's responsible for what? Who's responsible for permitting, interconnections, uh, civil works? So we ensure that these non-technical buyers are asking all the right questions in the market. They can self-guide through that process. RFP goes into the marketplace. And then the suppliers are notified when it matches their criteria. So if it matches their location of operation, technology types, commercial models, things like that. So then they get to view it, bid in, bid in platform, and then the customer receives what should now be very closely comparable bids, you know, apples to apples versus apples to oranges to pears, which is the way the market works today. And then they can 
kind of compare, contrast, rank, and then ultimately negotiate an award. Gareth, when you go through that whole process, I'm just wondering with everybody at Vecta, how much more efficient have you guys gotten in kind of packaging everything the way you want to and delivering the message appropriately to customers so that you feel like your your pitch almost is uh, refined appropriately? Yeah. So in terms of the upfront kind of what would be classic consulting style work that's been automated, you know, I was a former consultant selling this work. So for what we'd be charging one to $500,000 for, um, we're now doing that work an order of magnitude, less cost, and we can turn it around literally in minutes to hours versus months, years. Um, so speed to market, super cost effective. Customers, you know, even with thousands of sites can now get an energy transition strategy in, in days. And um, in terms of the actual procurement of the system, what we see is going through the competitive process and using the marketplace, they can save in excess of 7% of total capital costs. So that becomes really significant when these systems are multi-million dollars. So as we talked about the different vendors and developers that you might have on your platform, what, is there a certain type of industry that is best use your platform or most likely most use your platform uh, in the last four years since you've been founded? Yeah, the actual technology itself is sector agnostic. It's even geography agnostic. So we have done projects as far flung as Ghana and Africa, uh, Southeast Asia, Australia. But the bulk of our work is certainly U.S. today. Um, and the hot markets, I'd say, where we have the most track record and interest is manufacturing. So heavy energy consumption. Um, they are under supply chain pressures to reduce their emissions. And they also do not want the power to go off at all. You know, resilience becomes quite important. And then any cost savings or bonus. And also the food and beverage sector, you know, perishable goods certainly don't want the power to go off operating on lean margins. So any cost savings are a huge benefit. And then because their consumer facing emission reduction profiles are very important for branding. So I'd say they're kind of the our core focus markets, but we've done work in the mining sector. You know, the energy transition cannot happen without a mining transition. So we certainly want to support mining companies to sustainably develop their assets. Um, oil and gas as well, you know, that's a, a very hot market. So yeah, I'd say manufacturing food and beverage are where we're seeing the most traction, but there are certainly other sectors that we have interest in. Even the REITs, you know, I think we're hearing from the REITs that they are most concerned about their scope three emissions because as a portfolio building operator, your actual direct emissions scope two are pretty small, but all your tenants are your scope three emissions. Can they use our platform to roll it down to all their tenants to then explore on-site energy? So that's something we're actively uh, working on with a few REITs right now. And so uh, with all the, the public and private entities that you named, uh, you doesn't seem that your, your marketplace yet has entered the state space, so to speak. The municipalities, the counties, uh, yeah. The universities, it didn't, you're not in that marketplace at this point. Is that correct? Uh -huh. We are not. And that's kind of strategic in a sense that we are, you know, we have a lot of experience in that sector and we see that those entities really do need support with packaging up these uh, requests to market. But it's also a very bureaucratic and um, slow moving part of the sector. And, 
you know, I think there's lower hanging fruit and there's immediate opportunities for a tech platform like ours to, to make a, an impact. Certainly if there's listeners out there in those spaces that would like to explore it, we're certainly open to it, but we also don't want to go through years worth of pre-qualifications and procurement processes to, to get to be a part of that. <laughs> I'm sure you've felt those same pain points. Gareth, yeah, last one, last one for me, just, uh, what's next for you guys? I mean, what are you looking to accomplish uh, for the rest of the year and, and beyond as well? Yep. So I'd say what we've realized, Greg, is um, even the biggest companies in the world haven't quite figured this out. You know, they, they don't necessarily want to go and hire massive internal energy transition teams. They are not happy with what they get from very expensive management consultants. You know, they get a glossy report, but no ability to actually do anything with it. And so we are, we've built a SaaS platform for the largest companies in the world with portfolios of sites. And so our, our role really this year is to unlock and scale that SaaS platform because that helps customers really identify, originate and prioritize those projects which ultimately move into the marketplace. So. What we really want to do is simplify and accelerate the on-site energy market and the energy transition, um, unlock these opportunities because then everyone wins because the more of these projects that get developed, uh, the cheaper they become, which has a self-fulfilling cycle. And so we're actually raising money right now. We're, we've got an oversubscribed fundraise, which is super exciting. I, I think that speaks to what we're building and this market and the huge potential for it. And so we want to deploy that, that capital go to market really aggressively. And the aspiration is to be the platform that any business leader in the world thinks about when they're thinking about their energy transition strategy. Well, with that definition there, Gareth, there's not a lot I can add to that or, <laughs> or come back on. It's a great way to end the show, but I do want to keep the door open for us to come back around in uh, three to six months and visit again and talk about the, uh, the things we started the show with, actually, with regards to utility issues and interconnection as an issue. I think that's a, another yeah. show in itself. And so we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for your participation in the energy transition. You are helping it become more efficient. Thank you for what you're doing with your marketplace and where your role inside the energy transition. Uh, what your company is doing is help us expedite getting where we need to go in the U.S. to not only help our own country to catch up to the rest of the world so we continue to be a leader in all phases of different marketplaces and market sectors. And so thank you for the role your company is playing with that. And we appreciate your time today. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Greg. Really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to collaborating to accelerate the market together. There he is, Gareth Evans on episode 178 of The Green Insider, powered by EO Renewable. For Mike Niemer, I'm Greg Frank. That'll just about wrap things up for us. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from and leave us a five-star rating because as the saying goes, you learn something new every day and we were responsible for today's lesson. Again, he's Mike Niemer. I'm Greg Frank. That'll wrap things up for us on episode 178 of The Green Insider, powered by EO Renewable. 